I'm, I'm pleased to uh, introduce Pastor Oscar Chavez. Chavez? Chavez. I got it right. Okay. I've lived in California my whole life. I think I see it, Chavez. Uh, he's been a friend of Pastor Royce for over 20 years. Pastor Chavez was born in Honduras and is a church planner and trains leaders in churches in Ensenada, San Luis, and uh, Sonora, Mexico, as well as, uh, uh, Eddie, can help me out here, Nicaragua. Yeah. Nicaragua. <laughs> That's where Eddie's from, and he got it down bad. Okay. Anyway, he's also a speaker and coach with John Maxwell's Spanish team. Uh, and Pastor uh, Chavez also partners with Assist. Uh, and you can probably know that name. Uh, it's the team we're working with to find our new pastor here. So, Pastor Chavez, take it away. What a blessing it is to be with you all this morning. Um, well, let's see if I can if I can feel on this step because uh, I'm a little short, so I don't see everybody. Yeah, <laughs> uh, for the most part, when I um, let's see if I can put this here. When I don't want when I don't want to repeat my last name, I usually tell people when I when I make a phone or something like that, I usually tell people Chavez. Then they don't ask me for spelling. But then if I say Chavez, they ask me how do you spell that. So I, I, I got used to saying Chavez all the time, so uh, uh, you said it right. You said it right. That was good. Uh, let's see. Um, am I... Okay. Is this okay? Yeah? Let's see. Yeah? I hear it's crash, or is it me, or... It happens. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah, the, the step is, is big enough for me. So I'm gonna. Um, well, good morning, and I pray everybody's doing well. It was a it was a nice morning that um, driving out driving down here, and um, as, as we were driving, my son and I were driving. Uh, we just realized it was raining. Something different for uh, for the month of uh, May. Uh, but I'm honored for the opportunity that God. And, uh, and your leaders have given me to share this morning with each one of you. Uh, I have known some of you for, uh, for many years now. And uh, so I feel blessed and humbled to, uh, to be here to be able to share. Um, my goal this morning is to communicate God's Word to you. And we're going to pray in a minute. But um, uh, we're going to pray in a minute here because uh, we want to make sure communication is effective. We want to sure we want to make sure that um, I usually preach in Spanish, so I've been doing it for 24 years. So uh, I preach in English. I can count with my uh, with my hand, my fingers how many times I preach in English. But it, to me, it's a blessing to be here with you all. And uh, so um, it, it's important to have good communication. So that way we uh, we avoid chaos. We avoid chaos. So there's a lot of times we say one thing, even in our Spanish countries. Uh, you know, somebody might say something in one way, and what what they say in one way, it might mean something else in another country. I got in trouble for that before when I've been overseas in, in different places. Uh, so um, we want to make sure that communication is effective, uh, and uh, we want to make sure that we understand communication is both ways. It's the way I communicate, the way you guys receive. And so I pray that you guys have your hearts ready to receive God's word this morning. The Bible says in James chapter 1 uh, that we should have our hearts ready and open to receive God's word. And uh, whatever God tells me, how do I receive that? How do I process that? How do I make that part of my life? Is so important because the word will never return void uh, to uh, in any of our lives. Um, I noticed in your bulletin. Uh, as a matter of fact, let's pray and let's pray, and we'll we'll uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll we'll move on uh, this morning with the message. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for uh, for this uh, for this new day that you have given us. Pray, Lord, that um, your word will be will be spoken, Lord, in this place that everybody will be able to um, be edified. But what you have to tell us this morning from the book of Acts. We pray, Lord, that uh, those people who are uh, also at home watching the service uh, online, that they'll be able to be blessed and they'll be able to understand and get what belongs to them, what you're speaking to them in their hearts. 
We pray, Lord, that you will uh, guide us, that you will give us the wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. of the church. The, the book of Acts shows us, uh, shows us that uh, where churches were being be planted, growing, people coming to Christ. So uh, we see the development of the first, uh, the first century church in the New Testament times. It was beautiful times. Beautiful times because people were coming to know the Lord. They were forming these uh, churches everywhere. They were meeting at homes. They were meeting in different places. And they were just praising God in spite of all, all the problems and the trouble that they were going through. But we also see in the book of Acts the record of different individuals who had an encounter with God. Uh, God's people let themselves be used by God. So as God people let, let themselves be used by God, they were just they were just exploding. Amazing growth that, that was happening in the book of Acts. And I noticed in, in, in your bulletin that uh, the, the theme for 2021 is uh, following Jesus. And the reason why great things was happen, were happening in the book of Acts in the first century church is because people were being followers. They were followers of Jesus and they were acting like it. They were, they were acting like it every day of their lives. And, and so we see the record, not just of the church expanding, but we also see different individuals having an encounter with God because of what God's people, uh, will let, they were letting themselves be used by God. All these great things were happening during very tough times. So the church was growing. Things were happening. Amazing things were happening. But there were tough times. They were going through really rough times. But the church kept on growing. As a matter of fact, in Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 42 through 47, it says the believers were growing in unity. In spite of all the persecution. In spite of all the problems, all the trouble that the world was going through at that time. The, 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 the disciples, the followers of Christ were, uh, were growing in unity. They were growing in the doctrine of the apostles. They were praying for one another. They were encouraging one another. In spite, of, uh, in spite of all the tough times that they were going through, they kept on growing. They stayed together. I mean, it was so amazing what this church was doing in the first century that when there was a need, people were even selling their own properties. I mean, you don't see much of that nowadays. 
But they were selling their own properties to be able to bring the money into the, into the, the, the general fund so they can help other believers who were going through tough times. There were, there were really tough times, but the unity of the church kept on growing. The church kept on multiplying. I don't know if you agree with me, but wouldn't you like to see a church like the church of Acts chapter 2 nowadays, in spite, of, in spite of the tough times that we're going through? Not just the church, but we're living on changing times. We're living tough times. This is, I mean, uh, we, we are living tough times. This, this couple of years have been so tough. Pandemic times. So many, you know how many churches have closed their doors? You know how many people got discouraged? They don't want to go back to church. They got so used to doing church online. And I'm not against church online. We do a lot of stuff online. But this is church when you come together. And you celebrate each Sunday together. And you get together for prayer. You get together for praise, for worship. You get together for the reading of the Word. And the teaching of the Word. And build up the believers. Build up the saints. That's what we should do in spite of tough times. Really hard times that we're going through. People getting sick. So many people from last year to this year that we didn't spend, they're not with us anymore. What we have to realize is it's a reality that we're living. Difficulty in politics. The country's divided. The, the world in, in the world it's it's divided. Not just the country. Times of racial tension. Talk about that. Especially when you experience this stuff firsthand. In the year 2020 and 2021, we have seen things that we never thought we'll, we, we, we were going to see. I don't know about you, but I see things that I thought, I, I never thought in my lifetime I was going to see this stuff going on. So we're living in tough times. We're living in changing times. And just like the, the church in the book of Acts was growing and stayed together and prayed together and did the right thing before God so they can keep on glorifying God, so should we. One thing that should never change in spite of the changing times that we're going through is that a believer should never change his way of following Jesus. Would you stick with that? We should learn how to follow Jesus and keep on going, no matter how tough the times are. No matter how difficult the times or society changes, we should never change from following Jesus and His example. What, what kind of example? Example of compassion and love. Do you know why the church in the, first, in the New Testament, do you know why they were growing so much? Because in spite of the problems that they were going through, they kept on being compassionate to people. And they kept on loving people no matter what. And they remember when Jesus said, love your enemies as yourselves. Pray for those who persecute you. And the church was doing it. And, and so, so many people, they were looking at what, what, what they were doing. And somehow they, they were like, what's going on with these people? As a matter of fact, in Acts chapter 2, verse, uh, verse 47, it says the people, just by looking at the example of the believers, people were coming to the, to, 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 to the knowledge of Christ. Just by seeing the examples. When we go to uh, the book of Acts, we see the church in action. With love, with compassion. During these difficult times. Acts chapter 1, for example, Jesus gives us the last instructions. Telling the church what's to come. And in Acts chapter 2, what we see is that what He said that was going to happen in chapter 1, it happened in chapter 2, and the Holy Spirit comes, they baptize them, in the, and, and, and ministry begins. Many come to know Christ on Pentecost. Peter preaches his first sermon. 3,000 people come to know the Lord. And at the end of chapter 2, after you see these 3,000 people coming to know the Lord, right after the first sermon of the church, after these 3,000 people come to know the Lord, in chapter 2 it says that they kept on growing in unity, in the doctrine, in community with one another, in the breaking of the bread. It was a beautiful church. I wouldn't want to be a pastor of that church anytime. In spite of the persecution and everything that they were going through. And when the people in Jerusalem saw this testimony, 
They wanted to be part. They wanted to have what those Christians had. And, and, and when we get to Acts chapter 3, now we see how Christ changes the life of a single individual here. When we get to chapter 3, uh, we see the life of a broken man being transformed. I don't know if you have ever experienced that. Have you ever experienced seeing somebody's life being transformed by the power of God? It's an amazing thing when you see people uh, who didn't believe and they were, uh, they were worse than, than, than anybody you can think of. And you see the process of transformation that God makes in their life. And, and as they're, they're growing in Christ, they're changing and they're learning things and they're changing little by little. Uh, they go, uh, you know, they, they get into that process of being transformed by God. And it's an amazing thing. Well, the, sad, the sad part of that is that the statistics say that only 2% of believers have experienced that. Can you imagine that? Only 2% of Christians have the experience of seeing somebody coming to the Lord by their own witness. Let me tell you, this story of this man, of a broken man, is a story of transformation from from a hopeless situation to a meaningful relationship. Of a broken man to a relationship with his maker, his creator. How did it happen? So I want you to read with me from Acts chapter 3, and we have it on the screen. Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. This is how the story goes, how this man had this experience with the living God because of what God's people did at that moment. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. A man... And a man, lame from birth, was being carried uh, from uh, uh, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter, Peter directed his gaze at him as did John and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong and leaping up. He stood up and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who had sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I don't know about you, but this is an amazing passage in the scriptures. And and we can learn so much out of this passage. And and I want to tell you one thing. Context matters. What what happened here, and at the moment that it was happening, it's so important for us to understand that God's people here, in spite of the tough times that they were going through in the first century church, in spite of all the trouble that, that was going that was going on, God's people did not did not stop following Christ and living like followers of Christ. And they did what they were supposed to do. They paid attention to this person, and a miracle, miracle happened at that moment. As a matter of fact, let me let me let me let me let me go verse by verse so we can understand the context. At the ninth hour, they were going out to pray. You need to remember the ninth hour uh, that the uh, the schedule for for the Jewish people at that time it was from six to six. So the ninth hour was at three o'clock in the afternoon. It, it was their custom. It was customary to go and pray at three o'clock, three p.m., or to bring sacrifices at three p.m. They and the rest of the Jewish people, they were doing what they were used to do. It was a tradition. 
And so their, 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 their main focus was tradition. So here's Peter and John devoted to a tradition as other people walking, that were also walking to the temple. They were going to fulfill their religious duty. Sounds familiar? How many times do we walk by people just to fulfill our religious duty? And I apologize if I'm too strong on that, but I'm a church planter. And I like to encourage people to see those people who are broken. Understanding that we are broken ourselves. Not that because we're Christian doesn't mean we're better than anybody else who does not believe in Christ. We're all broken people. And somebody had to pay attention to us for us to be here and to have the hope of eternal life. And so, they were, they were, they were worried about the religious duty, everybody. And, and it says right here, in the next, next verse, in verse 2, it says that he was carried in. He, he was brought out of there at a time when people were going into prayer. So these guys were carrying their friend and, and putting him over there at the moment that they were expecting people to go through that gate, right? They were going into the temple to fulfill their religious duty. All religious people and leaders were passing by. Some of them noticed this guy right there because he's been, he's been there for so many years now. Tradition says that this guy was there for, for uh, that he was at least 40 years old. So, as they were passing by, they were used to seeing this guy there. And he was crippled, physically limited. He had to depend on other people to get there, to a place where he would have some financial hope. Oh, some financial hope. He was hoping on, he was putting his hope on the, on the money that he could receive there from people. For the layman, the temple was the place to do this. Since the most important teaching is that there are three pillars in Judaism. Judaism has three pillars and this guy was taking advantage of one of them. One of the pillars is Judaism believes that there is one God. That's one of their pillars. There is only one God. The second pillar is justice. And the third is compassion. So this guy is like, okay, they're going to go fulfill their religious duties. I'm going to sit over here because they know that one of their pillars is compassion. They're gonna make, I'm going to make some money. So he has some expectations, right? So he went to the temple, but at the gate of the temple with expectations. And sometimes I wonder when I read something like that, what are our expectations when we come to the temple, when we come to the church? He had some interest in expectations right here that we'll talk about in a minute. But, but in verse 3, so, so when he saw Peter and John, his expectations were of cash, material help. He didn't realize that his problem was deeper than just making some money. That, that's not the main problem. That, that's not the main problem we're having today. Oh, of course, money, we need it. We need it to survive. But that's not the main problem. The problem is, it's down in the heart. It's deep down in the heart. He didn't realize that his problem was deeper than just making some money every day at 3 o'clock. His hope was on temporary material things. Sometimes people think that money is the solution to all of their problems. And that is sad. Because it's helpful to get through the day. But that's not the main. That's not the most important thing in life. The majority here in this text, they, they were ignoring the man. They were just passing by. They were used, they, they got used to seeing this guy sitting there. So it's the same guy. We know him already. Uh, so uh, they, they, were, they were just going by. Some of them might have been ignoring him. Uh, some of them uh, passing by years after years, hundreds of people passing through this gate. You know why? Because it was the beautiful gate. It's been said that the beautiful gate where this guy was sitting was one of the... There were a few gates to go into the temple. But the beautiful gate was the biggest gate. So this guy was strategic, right? 40 years, he had experience. So he was a tradition, and as they were going through, he's like, I'm sitting at the biggest gate, 
and it's called the beautiful. It's been said that at this gate, it was, it was, you know, the, the decoration and everything of the gate. That's what it was called, the beautiful. But, but here, here's, here's in the beautiful gate asking for money, right? Here's a guy at a temple, but broken. Interesting to think about that. Hundreds of people passing by. Maybe they gave him a couple of coins once in a while. So they can feel good about themselves. Sounds familiar. How we see sometimes people acting in the world. Sometimes we see somebody in need. And, and we think that about a couple of bucks, a couple of coins or something like that that we help with. That should be enough. And in reality, the problem is deeper than that. We don't stop to see what the situation, what the problem really is. We don't stop to see, we don't stop to give the time of the day. Many people, many of us, we just don't. This man had a bigger problem than money. He was depending on others for survival, as you can see in the text. He here is a man who couldn't have his own family. Who knows? It doesn't say that he was married. So he couldn't have his own family because from birth he was crippled. He couldn't have a normal job. His dignity, his man pride. Why did he feel like? How did he feel? How broken was he inside? Because there's one thing what you see in the outside of a person. And in the outside of a person, we can see a person well-dressed. We can see a person smiling every day. We can see a person being, you know, having a, being apparently encouraged. But what's really inside? How did this guy really feel? Not having to, not being able to do any of those things. And depending on other people to help him out. It says right here that when Peter and John looked at him, they fixed their eyes on him. Notice this. They just didn't pass by like the others. But they got to him and they look at him. What it means is that they look at him, they, they pay attention to this guy. They give him the time of the day. In our culture today, if you realize, we don't have time for anything. We have a schedule. We're always rushing. We're always running everywhere. That sometimes we just pass by people who are in an amazing need. And, and we, don't, we, don't, we don't pay attention. And sometimes we know. But our schedules are more important than those people that have needs that are broken. And like I said before, we're all broken. The only difference between us and somebody who has not received Christ is that we have the hope and we have been saved by grace. But it doesn't mean you're not broken. We're, I'm broken. If I tell you story after story, I'm broken. But by the power of God, when you, can, when you believe in Christ, you enter a process of what is called progressive sanctification. So little by little you start changing. It doesn't mean, and it's a process, it's a lifetime process. Because none of us are perfect. That's why we're still sin. That's why we fall, we, we fail so many times. And let's not dare to pretend that we're perfect or that we're better than anybody because we're broken. And God is working that in our lives. That's the reason why we come. That's the reason why we come and hear the Word. So the Word can do the job, the work in us. To help us. But what Peter and John did here, they fixed their eyes on this guy and said, look at us. He was probably looking down. Because when they were looking at him, they had to tell him, look at us. He was probably, hey guys, can you guys press some change? His dignity. He's a, he must a person. How did he feel? That he couldn't even look up. So John and Peter and John had to tell him, look at us. He looked at them, but he, when he looked at them, he, he looked at them with the wrong expectations, right? Thinking he was going to get some money from them. Expecting cash. 
In verse 6, as we, as we, can, we can see over here in the text, Peter said to, uh, you know, is that what you think you need? You think you need is money. But money I have not. I don't have any money. Your problem is deep in their material things. Your problem is in the heart. I'll give you what you really need to fix this situation. By the power of the one who doesn't ignore your real need, I tell you, get up and walk. Do you really understand what this man was really experiencing here? You know what he was really experiencing here? Hope. Hope. Don't we need that right now? Don't we need hope right now? In verse 7, Peter and John made the time. They didn't ignore this man. And they gave him the solution to his real problem. But notice, Peter grabbed him by the right hand. Why did Luke, when, when Luke was writing the book of Acts, why did Luke make, make a point to notice that he grabbed him by the right hand? What is usually the right hand for? To give strength, to give support, to help somebody out. So they didn't just take the time to pay attention to this guy, to pay attention to his life, to pay attention to his pain. But they also, Peter also made an effort to also help him out and help him through take his first steps. So we're not just called to pay attention to people who are broken like we are, but they have no, they don't have Christ. But also to give him a helping hand and to help him out. And look at this man's reaction. This man's reaction, he says in verse 8, that he got up and leaping up. So he jumped. Can you imagine that, that, that joy this guy had at this moment? I mean, I can imagine he's sitting down for 40 years. He's been carried everywhere, right? And all of a sudden, Peter says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and watch. He grabs him by the hand, and this guy jumps. Oh, lifting up. He stood up and began to walk. And he entered the temple with them. Uh, now, uh, there might be something that you, you probably didn't, don't, don't realize yet. But the fact that he didn't run to go home and tell anybody at home, he ran into the temple with them. You, you know why he ran into the temple? You want to know why he ran into the temple? Because he wasn't even allowed to go into the temple. This is, a, this is a life-changing experience. It was an amazing experience this guy was having. He was an encounter. He was having an encounter with the real God. A God who loved. A God who cared. A God who was compassionate. A God of love. And this guy jumps up and walks into the temple. Let me tell you. Because we see this now and then. What do you think this man was experiencing when he was down on, on the floor asking for money? He experienced prejudice. He did. There's no doubt. People just didn't care. He, he was despised by others. Do you know that he couldn't even go into the temple? Look at, look at what it says in Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 21, verse 18 through 21. And it says this. No man who has any defect, may come near. No man who is blamed or lame, disfigured or deformed, no man, who, uh, no man with a crippled foot or hand, or who is hunchback or a drawer, or who has any eye defect. In other words, hey, we couldn't go into the temple. <laughs> we, we're in trouble, the ones who wear glasses. We couldn't go into who anybody who has eye defect or who has a fasting or running sores or damaged testicles, no descendant of Aaron the priest who has any defect is to come near to present the food offering to the Lord. But, but notice one thing in verse 18, it's general, no man in general who has defects. And in verse 21, not even the sons of Aaron who were the priests of the temple. So this guy had never gone into the temple and praised God like the other guys. 
But what happened now? Somebody pay attention. Somebody given the time of the day. Somebody said, you matter. Somebody gave him hope. And this guy, at first, he, all he did was jump up, grab Peter by the hand. I can imagine this guy probably wouldn't let go of Peter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, you got me up. I'm not letting go. If I let go, I might fall. <laughs> right? And he just walked in there, and he was happy. He was joyful. He was joyful. How many broken people do we encounter every day in our lives? And they're hoping that somebody gives them a helping hand. How many broken people will you encounter now after all this stuff that we've been going through? And you can imagine the feeling. Now we can go inside the temple and I don't know how much more time I have. But um, half an hour. Okay. <laughs> you can imagine. What did he do? Life was going to be different for this guy now. Why? Because somebody gave him the time. His life was going to be different. Maybe he was going to start having a normal life. Maybe now he was going to be able to get a job. Maybe now he was going to be able to get married. Somebody was going to look at him and say, Oh man, he's a, he's a good looking man. But before, he was just a cripple. Now, now, now he had a hope. And in verse 9 and 10, the people couldn't believe what they were seeing. When they, it says in verse 9, when they all, uh, when, when all the people, I'm sorry, saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit at the, the seat, uh, begging at the temple gate called beautiful. So they're, they're like, isn't this guy who's jumping and leaping over here, grabbing Peter, said, isn't this guy the guy who was sitting there? Isn't this guy the, the guy that we just passed by and give him a couple of coins and ignore the rest of it? And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. This is an amazing story. This is an amazing event that took place that day at the beautiful gate. Story of hope. Story of compassion. <laughs> In the time that we have left, I just want to tell you, what are the lessons? What are the lessons that we learn for us in this passage? There there are four things we need to learn in this passage. Number one, there was a need. Number two, there were expectations. Number three, there was a gift given to a man who was in need. And the response. The need. He was a man crippled. God wants to use His people to bring hope to a needy world. To bring hope to a crippled world. To bring hope to a crippled society. But if God's people won't do it, who'll do it? If we don't do it, if we pass by our neighbor, and we just ignore our neighbor. If we pass by our classmates, if we pass by our family members and just ignore exactly what they're going through, so what are we doing different than the rest of the world? We have been called to be the salt and the light of the earth. So there is a need. With all that's going on, what we need is hope. John Lennon used to sing, oh, we need is love. Yeah, we need love, but we need hope too. How many people do we pass by every day and we don't, just, we don't stop to look at them and understand their situation? Understand their brokenness? So many times, brothers and sisters, I tell you how, how, it, how much it hurts. So many times, we judge people based on appearance. But we don't know what's really going on. We judge people. Sometimes we think people are are good. They're okay. They're good because they look good. And in their heart, they're broken as they can be. There's a need. So let's understand that. 
Many times we have an agenda, we are too occupied in our own world that we miss people. God wants us to pay attention. God wants you to pay attention. Many people broke and no hope. Some people are just leaving. They comes, they goes. They see no purpose. They see no value in their lives. And let me tell you this thing, this morning that people are valuable to God. And you should value them too. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter background, race, ethnicity. It doesn't matter. We are called to love people and have compassion. Until someone comes and pays attention. I don't know if you ever heard who Marilyn Manson is. Marilyn Manson. One of the stories I heard, I don't know how much of that is true, but Marilyn Manson is this, this rock star who pretends to have half of his life is, is Marilyn Monroe and the other one is Charles Manson. People will see him, some people will see him like, this guy's crazy. And he probably is a little bit. But you know, you know that he used to go to church. You know he used to go to church. And people in his youth group used to ignore him. They thought this guy is weird. And, and, and they, they tell the story that one time his youth group leader took the, took the youth group to uh, to a theme park. And they were, when they were at the theme park, he said, "Hey, get 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 by twos. Get a partner and, and go on and have fun." And as it was normal. Nobody wanted to partner with him. So they just left him by himself. And it says in the story that I, that I heard about this, that that was a crucial point where he decided he hated Christianity. Because people did not pay attention. Because others were in their own agenda. They were living in their own world. God wants it. To use his followers to make a difference. He wants us to pay attention. Just as, as Peter and John did over here. Think if Peter and John wouldn't, wouldn't have done this. If they would have ignored this man. And they wouldn't pay attention. They, they didn't, imagine they didn't show compassion and love. Here was this man born crippled. Broken. So there's a need. Number two, there's expectations. This man had expectations. Peter and John had expectations. His expectations was, I'm going to get cash. Peter's expectations was, and John was, we're going to pray. But God had a different plan. Are you on your plan or on God's plan? I mean, when you pass by people, when you pass by your neighbors, are you on your plan or on God's plan? What if the Holy Spirit is leading you? To develop a relationship with, with this person, to develop a friendship, maybe, maybe they have no, they don't have any friends, and that's what they need. When you come to church, what are your expectations? When you were coming this morning, besides the rain, what were your expectations? Do you come because it's it's church time and we gotta go to church? What are your expectations when you come to church? Or do you come expecting, God, what are you going to tell me this morning? And whatever you tell me, help me. Help me not just to get it right here, but to get it over here so then I can get it done. Get it in my head, but get it in my heart so I can get it done. What are your expectations? Some said, we have been to Calgary for pardon. But we haven't been to Pentecost for power. What do we expect? Do we expect that God will transform us? Because the power of God can transform us and help us help others to be transformed. Do, do we expect from God anything when we come? He has the power to transform people. He has the power to transform the world. Or do we come with the wrong expectations? 
Maybe thinking we need uh, we need one thing, and God is God is saying, no, no, you don't need that. This is what you need. You must come believing. When you come to church, this might be the only time I come and preach. <laughs> After this, the guys might be like, I don't know if we want to bring Oscar again, right? No, just kidding. But you must come to church believing God. Believing that God has a message for you. Specifically for you. By the power of Jesus, He has a message for you. God has something for you. Maybe not what you're expecting. But He has something for you that He knows you need. The church is a hospital for cripples. That's why we're here. We're not here because we're perfect. We're crippled. We're broken. And that's why we come. Because we want to hear, we want to hear God speak to us. And to understand what do we need, Lord, to change. Sometimes we try, sometimes we try to look dignified when we're really broken. Sometimes we pretend one thing. When something else is going on in our lives and we don't open up with anybody for prayer and help, just make sure you open up with somebody who's spiritually grown. What were your expectations this morning when you left home? There's number three. There's a gift. In this text we see a gift. What's the gift? Gift of life. God give this guy a new life. Uh, let, let me ask you something. When you wake up every morning, do you take it for granted? Oh, I just got to wake up. Oh, do you wake up every morning and you say, God, how many people did not get up this morning? And I am. How many people didn't live anymore this day? And I'm alive. The gift of life. The gift of a relationship with His Son. A church family that supports you. In spite of the troubles. In spite of the hard times that we're going through in the world, in our society. You have a church family that gives you support. When broken people come together, come to the knowledge of Christ, we must be there to help them. Especially when people come and they take their first steps. You need to be there. Just like this broken man received, uh, Peter, Peter, Peter gave him his hand. We need to lead them to take, uh, you know, we need to lead them in what we know. That's best. We know the scriptures. We need not to ignore them. We need to lead them. We need to help them to take those first steps. That's what a follower of Jesus does. So, this is where we find that this, this beggar, this Cripple man at the beautiful gate. He was lame from birth. He saw that he couldn't help himself. He couldn't carry himself wherever he wanted to. He had to be taken to this gate in front of the temple every day. He woke up and was carried by people in the same place with the same problem over and over. So we can imagine. That he didn't have a lot of hope for the future. So he was at the temple but still broken. Here's where things got, uh, were about to change. How, how did it change? God's people look and pay attention to this man. How? To judge him? No, they pay attention to this man with compassion and love. How did he respond? He leaped up. He was happy. Life was changing. And when the people around them saw what happened, they were just in amaze. They were amazed. They were with wonder and amazement at what had happened to this guy. You know what's you know what else is interesting in this story? We just read the first ten verses, right? But what's interesting in this story is that because people pay attention, what happened is God got their attention through this miracle. And then Peter preached, preached his second sermon. You know what happened after the second sermon? 
On the first sermon, how many people came to know Christ? 3,000, that's right. And at the second one? Five. Here it is. God is opening more opportunities because His people were paying attention. His people were acting with compassion. His people were acting with love. And so God opens more opportunities. And the more compassion, the more love, and you share Christ, the more opportunities God opens up. And then the church, through tough times, they will grow in unity and love. The church will grow in the sound doctrine of the apostles. The church will grow in prayer. The church will grow in every sense that God wants it to grow. One of the things that happens here in chapter 3 is that these men walk up to the temple happy, praising God. The rest of the people couldn't believe their eyes. They were speechless. And an opportunity opened up for the gospel to be expanded even more. Others were open to listen to the message because of this. It was an amazing, amazing time. How many things changing this guy's life? Once he was healed, he saw that there was hope. So many things changing his life. Now he, he can have a normal life. Now he didn't have to look down anymore. Now he can look up and be just like a normal person. God's people obey and did what Jesus sent them to do. Let's not ignore the people around our houses. Let's not ignore the people around our jobs, our schools, our neighborhoods. God is the God of wonders. He can make the crippled men walk. He can make the blind see the deaf hear. And for that, He uses His people. Those who follow Jesus, showing the others love and compassion. This year, you're called to follow Jesus. Follow Jesus with love and compassion. Our Father in Heaven, we thank You so much, Father, for the opportunity to be able to speak your word. And we thank you so much, Lord, for each one of our brothers and sisters here in church today. As we pray, Lord, we want to ask you to give us a heart of love and compassion with the truth of the gospel. As we come before you, Lord, we ask you to help us not to ignore the needy and the broken because we are also in need of you and we also have brokenness in our lives but only together as we, as we reach people with the gospel of Christ only together we can be stronger when the world is going through tough times when society is changing, when the values that you have established are being attacked, the church, just like in the church of Acts chapter 2, the church needs to be united in prayer, persevering in the doctrine of the apostles. Reaching out the needy and the broken, planting churches and doing ministry everywhere and in every way you allow us to do. I pray for Grace Norwalk that you will give every day, you will give the heart to each one of us. To reach out. In the name of Christ we pray. And all God's people say. Amen. 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 Why don't you stand and. Uh, you're going to sing Lord I need you. And if you.
you like to smell?